All right, folks. Here we go. Uh, I thought I'd start a podcast, turn myself into one of those profound minds, one of the great speakers, one of the ones that leave an impact on the world via my insights. And in doing so, I recorded a bunch of crap. I was talking about all of the mundane, irrelevant, asinine, superficial, uh, non-issue issues that I thought the world was facing me. And upon playing it for the few people I played it for, of course, they tell me it sounded good. I could tell that nothing did it. So what I decided I was going to do is just add to some of the great words of some of the great people of our past. Um, Be it from today, five years ago, or 2021 years ago. Um, I've found a piece that was interesting. And I'm going to I'm going to bring it to you in as much of my own words as possible while still uh, in my opinion at least still sustaining the integrity of the original speakers. So let's get it going here. Earl Nightingale Earl Nightingale um, don't know the exact date or even the exact year but it's it's uh, The Strangest Secret from the 1950s. So, this is Dr. Alan Schweitzer. He was being interviewed in London, and the reporter asked him, what's wrong with man today? And Schweitzer, who's normally a quick-witted man, says, hmm, he pauses. And a good 10 seconds goes by. The room is deathly ill, and he answers, men don't take time to think. That's deep. It's relevant. Because he took the time to think and say that. And in that time to think, all he could come up with was the fact that men don't think. And that's what we're going to talk about today, folks. What we're going to talk about, that we live in this golden age. We live in this era of information. This is what man's looked forward to for thousands of years. And now it's here. And now my generation gets to take it for granted. Especially these Americans. My Americans. We live in the richest land that has ever existed on the face of the earth. The land of abundant opportunity for everyone. And we squander it. Alright, look. Let's do this. You take 100 men at the age of 18, okay? And You take those same hundred men at the age of 28. And of those hundred men, by the time they're 48, um, of those hundred men, I believe the number is, uh, you ask them if they want to be a success, right? Hundred guys, age 18, do you want to be a success? Every single one of them is going to tell you yes. 
and every single one of them is going to, on some level, believe themselves. Okay? Uh, if you intended to be a success, uh, you'll, you'll see how eager he is towards life. You'll see there's a sparkle in the guy's eyes. His, his, his wits will, will, will perk up. Uh, and, and there's high hopes at 18. What about 48? Um, by the time he's 48, you ask him how his uh, magnanimous adventure went. Uh, only one of those 100 men, excuse me, that's his dated numbers. Six of those, about six of those uh, 100 men will be rich. Only maybe 12 of them will be financially independent. Five at least will still be working and the rest are either dead or broke. I think for a moment out of the 100, only 5% make the grade. Now, why do so many fail? What, what happened to that sparkle that was in there when they were 18? Um, why did the glimmer in their eyes die? The dreams, the hopes, the plans. And why is there such a large disparity between what these men intended to do and what they actually obtained? When we say that only about 5% achieve success, we have to define success. And I'll use the best definition that I've ever heard. Uh, the best one I've ever been able to find and that is success is the progressive realization of an ideal that is worthy if a man is working towards a predetermined goal and he knows where he's going then that man is a success if a man has set himself on the journey to obtaining happiness or obtaining a sustainability, or obtaining what it is he truly desires, that man is a success. And if he's if he's not doing that, then he's a failure. If you're not actively working to obtain what it is that you desire, then you're a failure. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Rollo, the distinguished psychiatrist, wrote a wonderful book called A Man's Search for Himself. And in this book, he says, the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice. It's conformity. You hear that? The opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice. It is conformity. And there you have the trouble today. It's the conformity in people. It's the fact that everybody wants to be Instagram famous. Oh, excuse my little interruption there. Get back to it. Um, conformity people acting like everyone else uh, 
those are my favorite videos on their TikToks and their IG, but realizing that that content's probably already been posted somewhere else in the world, yet they still attempt to be different. Without knowing, I think in America right now, there's 25 million people over the age of 65, and of them, most of them are broke. Most of them are dependent on someone else for their necessities. I mean, we learn to read by the time we're seven. Uh, We learn to make a living by the time we're 25. In most cases, we're providing for a family by that point. Um, And yet, by the time we're 65, we haven't learned how to become financially independent while we're in the richest land that has ever been known. Why? Because we conform. And the trouble is that we're acting like the wrong percentage group. We conform to the 95%, the ones who don't succeed. Now, why do these people conform? It's because they really don't know these people. They don't know that their lives are shaped by their environment. They are absolutely molded by the things that happen to them, by what they keep in their life, what they create in their life. The exterior forces, they're outward directed people. And there there was a survey done. Uh, Survey done, asked 100 men who have full-time jobs, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you go to work? And of those 100, over 80 of them said they don't know. They have no idea. Um, and some of them even said that they go to work because that's just what people do. People get up and they go to work in the morning because everyone else is doing it. So they do it. So let's go back to our definition of success. Who succeeds? The only person who succeeds is the person who is progressively realizing a worthy ideal. It's the person who says, I'm going to become this and then begins to work towards that goal. I'll tell you, the successful people are a success because they obtained what they set out to obtain. That little girl who said in first grade that she's going to be a school teacher and now she's a 27-year-old first grade teacher in Des Moines, Iowa. She's a success. Because um, that's what she wanted. The young man who used to love going to the corner gas station and buying pops and now owns franchised seven different Shell gas stations all throughout the greater... Florida Panhandle, he is a success because that's what he set out to do. Um, The woman who sits at home with her kids every day and feeds them, cleans the house, and sets out to be the best mother she could be, she's a success because that's what she wanted. She worked towards obtaining it, she has it, and now she works towards sustaining it. 
But mind you, she has to be doing a good job of it. Um, you know, the success is the man who said, I want to own a professional sports team and now is a Mark Cuban. The salesman who started off entry level and has quickly become the senior sales representative for blah, 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 blah company and is now handsomely rewarded for his continued training and growth. Uh, he, he is deliberately doing a predetermined job. He's a success. She who says, I want this and goes and gets it. That's the success. The only one who doesn't succeed is the one who doesn't work towards obtaining their goal. Out of those hundred, maybe 20 of them will succeed. And of those 20, only 10 of them may ever actually reach their goal. Some of them may die trying, but they died a success. Um, That's why today there isn't really such a thing as competition. We only have to create. Um, We make it for ourselves. That's the only way the competition is real, is if we make it for ourselves. We create an avenue directly to our success that is unhindered and uninterrupted. Or we can take a road more often traveled, which is riddled with hurdles, bullshit, problems, roadblocks, valleys, peaks. Uh, We can create those for ourselves or we can create a road of peace, solidarity, and happiness. Instead of competing, we can create. What we have to do is create enough for 20 years. I looked for the key that would determine what would make a human happy. What would make the future a promise? What could foretell to a large extent that it would guarantee a person's happiness? What can guarantee you becoming successful? And if you knew that that was a key, would you work to obtain it? And if you actually obtained it, would you work to share it so others don't have to travel the road that you've already traveled? Well, I honestly do believe that there is a key. And I honestly have been traveling a very weary road trying to find it. And in all honesty, the the fundamental... Hey, yo, Joe Rogan! Like that, the first attempt at me obtaining my goal, my dream, the person who was my muse, who is my muse, excuse me, the one who is my muse, who told me in a very cynical way that they believed in me and I could do this, uh, 
just sort of cast a little bit of shade upon my sunshine. Uh, you know, cracking the joke. It's funny, haha. But when you actually think about it, what that is is a hurdle. It's, it's it's an obstacle for me to overcome. Now, not only do I have to hope that my message finds ears that are willing to hear but uh, maybe I have to try to mask myself when I put them out because for fear of uh, not rejection but for, for, for is there a difference between rejection and unacceptance To say that I don't want that in my life, get it away from me, and actively work towards not having it in my life anymore is very different than not paying attention to it while it lingers. But that's also nowhere near the same as offensively and defensively simultaneously confronting whatever the issue or situation is. Her joke was, hey Joe Rogan, you don't want to spend time around me? Which I replied, I would love to spend time around you, but not if you're going to be mocking me. My journey. You know, if you don't want to crack those jokes, by all means, come sit in this beautiful yard with me and enjoy this shade and sunshine beautiful redwood trees that are surrounding me enjoy it with me Um, but only if you're going to be a positive reinforcement if not I just need about 15 minutes and here I am with more time to myself so um, that is something that I have to work on I figured that out but let me get back on topic I'm sorry excuse me Um, there's a key to success I found it have you ever wondered why so many men work so hard they work so honestly and they ever actually achieve their ultimate goal or anything in particular um um see here excuse me man I'm, I'm again pardon the interruption um, talking about the key. Um, do you ever wonder why so many men work so damn hard? Why they work so honestly and why and how they don't obtain that goal? They don't achieve that thing that they actually set out to get? Why they don't achieve anything in particular? And why the others that don't seem to work hard, um, the ones who have a silver spoon, as they say, They seem to have the magic touch, the thing that turns everything into gold. Um, They seem to have everything that they've ever wanted. They become successful, and then they tend to become more successful, and they tend to get more successful, and then more success follows. And then on the other hand, have you ever noticed how the nice guy who was born down on his luck and fell on hard times seems to running a failure after failure it's most likely 
majority of the time, it's the lack of a goal being set. It's the lack of having the motivational finish point. Um, uh, some of us have goals set, and some people don't set goals. The ones who set them are the ones who succeed because without a goal, there is no way to obtain you set out to get you can say I want to be a success in life and never set a particular route how in the hell will you be successful at trying to be successful and how does that make you successful it'll send you in this loop making you think that well I'm one of those people who have set the preconceived finish point for my ideal and I'm going to get that. But then make no absolute action towards obtaining it. Well, that, my friends, is a failure and a lie. Um, let's think of it like this. Let's think of a ship leaving a harbor. Think of that ship completely manned with a crew, having its captain, the navigation, and knowing exactly where they're going. They'll know exactly how long it'll take to get there. And 9,999 times out of 10,000, they will make their destination. That same ship, no captain, no crew, no navigation. And you turn on the engines pointed in a direction. If that ship even makes it out of the harbor, nine. 1,999 out of 10,000 times that ship will fail to reach any destination. If you wander aimlessly even if it in the vague direction of success you will never meet success. You have to know where you're going. If you're not going to a destination, your journey could last forever. Um, That ship would end up sinking. It wouldn't even make it to be deserted on a beach somewhere else. It would just sink. Because there's no destination, there's no guidance. It's the same with us humans. Take a salesman, for example. There's no other person in the world uh, whose sole occupation or sole, their only goal is to push what they have on other people. Now, salesmen used to be the highest paid profession in the world, okay? They will be handsomely rewarded. If you were able to sell a thousand toaster ovens in 1964, you would be the man in your company. You'd be the top-notch salesman. Uh, Sky's the limit. Uh, But can you find someone who is dead set on purchasing other people's knowledge? The only way that that 
is to cost you anything is in the way of time, in the way of effort, in the way of care, in the way of general uh, realistic expectation of the attainment of more knowledge. You have to realize that the only way you learn is if you listen, and if you listen, you have to wait for things to be said. So, I mean, can you find someone who doesn't believe this statement? The human race is fixed, but not to prevent the strong from winning. It's to prevent the weak from losing. I'm a person who doesn't believe that. It's the other way around. The economy is not fixed to keep the weak from losing. If you are the weak, you will fail. It's a cutthroat, dog-eat-dog world, and you can't be a chihuahua attempting to eat a pack of Rottweilers. human race is fixed not to prevent the strong from winning but to prevent the weak from losing the American economy today can be likened to a convoy in time of war the entire economy is slowed down to protect its weakest link just as the convoy had to go at the speed that would permit that the slowest vessel remain in formation that's why it's so easy to make a living today it takes no particular brains. Uh, it takes no talent. Uh, it, it doesn't, none of that to make a living. You can go out and aimlessly make a living and support a family. So uh, we have these plateaus. We have this, 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 this plateau mentality where if I'm getting by, I'm good enough. Uh, if a person is looking for security, then they find it there. But we do have to decide how about this plateau we want to wane. We have to figure out if we are content in staying here. Or if we know that this is just a stage. This is the next chapter in which we are to find another route to a higher elevation. Now let's get back to the strangest secret in the world. A story I wanted to tell you today. Why do men with goals succeed in life and men without them fail? Well, let me tell you something. Which if you really understand it, it'll alter your life immediately forever. If you understand it completely, then what I'm going to tell you from this moment on, your life will not be the same again. You'll suddenly find it. Good luck just seems to be attracted to you. Uh, the things that you want just fall in your lap. Uh, and now you won't have those problems that worry you. 
uh, knowing there may be a lump of anxiety that perhaps you've experienced before. It's doubt or fear. Well, there'll be things in the past that are going to stay in the past. And that is the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, I'm going to say it again. We become what we think about. Throughout all of history, all of the great wise men, the teachers, the philosophers, the prophets, they've disagreed with each other on most things. But there is one thing, only one thing that all these men are in complete and unanimous agreement about. And listen to what Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman emperor, said. And that is, a man's life is what his thoughts are. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Disarelli said that if a man thinks it, he shall be it. What comes of a man is what a man perceives of himself. I've I've brought myself by long meditation to the conviction that a human being with a settled purpose must accomplish it and that nothing can resist a will that will stay strong. Nothing can resist a will that will even put up his own existence for the fulfillment of his goal. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, This a man is what he thinketh about. This a man is what he thinketh about. Uh, William James said that the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes. And he also said that we need only, in cold blood, act as if the thing in question were real and it will become infallibly real by growing into such a connection with our lives that it will become real. It'll become so tight-knit a habit and emotion and our interest and it will be in those things that we are characterized Believe that also if you are what you want to be, so shall you be. Results will come when action is brought forth. In almost certainty, the attainment of your goals will be if like-minded is your mind. You will be rich if you want. You will learn what you want to learn. You'll be good only if you wish to be. Wish these things. Really wish these things. And wish them exclusively. And not wish them. As any other man has wished them before. Um, in the Bible. If you read Mark 9.23. If thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth my old friend, Dr. Norman Vincent Pale, 
not really my friend. He was his friend, but he was a great writer. Um, this is one of the greatest laws in the universe. Fervently do I wish I had discovered it as a young man. It had dawned upon me much later in life, and I have found it to be one of the greatest, if not my greatest discoveries outside of my own relationship to God. This great law briefly and simply stated that if you think in negative terms, you will get negative results. If you think in positive terms, you will reap positive results. That's the simple fact. Let me go on by saying uh, the basis of an astonishing law of prosperity and success in three words. Believe and succeed. William Shakespeare put it this way. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Okay, let's go back at that, okay? Our doubts are traitors and often make us lose the good that we oft might win by fearing to attempt. George Bernard Shaw said, people are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstance. The people who get, who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want. And if they can't find them, they make them. Well, that's pretty apparent, isn't it? And every person who's discovered this for a while believed that he was the first one to work it out. Uh, because what we think about now stands for who we are. The reason that a person is a philosopher is because he believes that people will listen to him. Uh, a person who's thinking about a concrete and worthwhile goal is going to reach it because that's what he's thinking about. And we become what we think about. Conversely, the man who has no goal, who doesn't know where he's going, and whose thoughts must therefore be thoughts of confusion and anxiety, they must have fear and worry all amidst them, they become what he thinks about in his life. His life of frustration and fear and anxiety and worry. And if he thinks about that, he is that. If he thinks about nothing, he becomes nothing. Now, how does it work? Why do we become what we think about? I'm going to tell you how it works as far as we know. To do this, I'm going to tell you about a situation that parallels the human mind. Suppose the farmer has some land and it's good for the land now. Uh, the farmer gives a choice. He may plant in that land whatever he chooses. And the land doesn't care what the farmer puts in it. It will grow it. Remember, we're comparing the human mind and the land because like the land, the mind doesn't care what you plant in it. It will continue to grow it. You take a seed of corn and a seed of poison and plant them both in the ground and water them equally. They will both grow in abundance. It's the same with the mind. Whatever you plant will return. It doesn't care if it's negative or positive. If you plant it now, let's say that that farmer had two seeds in his hand. One of those seeds is strawberries and the other one is nightshade. 
and he is almost guaranteed to get back a crop. Now, will it be a crop, a feast, or a crop that kills? Um, it's written in the Bible, as so you sow, you will reap. I remember the land doesn't care. It'll return poison just as one little abundance. It'll return just as much corn as it does nightshade. The human mind is far more fertile, far more incredible and mysterious than the land is, but it works the same way. It doesn't care what we plant, success or failure. A concrete, worthwhile goal or confusion misunderstanding, fear, anxiety, and so on, will be multiplied. But what we plant, it will return to us. You see, the human mind is the last great unexplored continent on this earth. It contains riches beyond our wildest dreams. It will return anything that we plant. Now, you might say, well, if that's true, why don't people use their minds more? Well, I think they figured out an answer to that one. Our mind comes a standard equipment at birth. It's free and things have been given to us for nothing. We've placed little value on them. Things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life came to us free at birth. Our minds, our souls, our bodies, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our intelligence, our love, our family, our children, friends, our country, all these priceless possessions are free, but we don't value them. We value what costs us money. We value what's actually cheap. What can be replaced at any given time by taking a trip to the supermarket is the thing that we value, yet life itself gets thrown by the wayside. Even if your home burns down, you can rebuild it. Uh, if your car is smashed in an accident, you can obtain another one. But if you lose an arm, the things that we got for nothing, we can never replace. The human mind isn't used because we take it for granted. Familiarity breeds contempt. Again, familiarity breeds contempt. And who knows your mind better than you? It can do any kind of job that we assign it to. Generally speaking, think about it. We use it for tiny jobs instead of big, important ones. Universities have proved that most of us are operating on less than 10% of our abilities. So... Decide now what it is that you want to plant. Your goal in your mind is the most important decision you ever make in your entire life. Your ultimate goal is the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. Because you are what you think. Yes? Because you are, you are what you think. So, we think. about it at your particular job you want to go places in the company right in your community 
do you want to get rich? All you got to do is plant that seed in your mind. Care for it. Water it. Nurture it. Work for it steadily. And your goal will become a reality. Only way there's no way is that you do not take the journey. Sir Isaac Newton and his laws of gravity, they're for real. They are true and they always will be. If you get on top of a building and jump, you will always go down. You'll never go up. It's the same with the other laws of nature. They always work. They're inflexible. Think about your goal in a relaxed, positive way. Picture yourself in your mind's eye as having already achieved this goal. See yourself doing the things that you will be doing when you've reached your goal. Ours has been called uh, age of information, uh, 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 age of, of, of content. Let's try. Let's get back to it. Try it again. Um, people end up with nervous breakdowns. This that plateau effect we were talking about, where you get somewhere and you're stuck there when you. When you're content with the mundane, as I said, um, where we use formality, we use formality to, uh, as a coping mechanism to deal with the things that don't need to be familiarized. I mean, there's no reason that we, we should ever... Um, the mundane 